Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. Welcome back, Ryan. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you today. Yeah, it is. Uh, we are both stuffed. We uh, came in a little bit early, got some Mexican food. You know, That's right. Yep, get, get yep. to record. So if we fall asleep on the mic, be, be aware why. Well, actually, what you need to do is you need to tell them that we've been here for our learning community. That's right. We were here for our learning community. Um, <laughs> Since you love that title That's so right. Much. It is a good title. Yeah. So Look, I want to start the uh, the podcast off today a little bit different. Okay. I want to read some of the reviews. We don't have to do that. <laughs> we have some really good ones. Okay. Okay. So here's here's a good one from, we don't know this fella, but it's the first initial D, uh-huh. last name Arthur. Yeah. Listen, good words from regular pastors. They have their finger on the pulse of the regular church and offer biblical counsel with humor. Uh-oh. And spiritual passion. I love listening to these guys. That's great. Thank you, D. Arthur. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We appreciate that. Um, let me read one. Uh, this says, great podcast. I've heard worse content. <laughs> By Ryan is a loser. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest one. Yep. Uh, we appreciate your reviews. It- Positive or not. <laughs> That's right. We really appreciate it. We appreciate our listeners. Yeah. And we hope to show you that appreciation with another book giveaway coming at the end of our right. podcast. That is exactly right. What's the subject today, Ryan? Well, today we are talking about sermon preparation, preaching in general. Um, so how many sermons do you prepare for every week? Every week I prepare for two sermons and one sermonette. Sermonette. Sermonette yep. being Wednesday, probably. Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's good. Right. You know, a lot of us have multiple sermon preparations mm-hmm. to do, and and I think we all would admit we put time limits. We put more time in some of them than we do that's others. True. You agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning probably is where we're spending most of our time. That's right. Sunday night and then Wednesday night uh, for the most of us. So um, a little bit less. Yeah. Right. 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 And I mean, you know, but it's something we all have to do because it's a part of being a pastor. Yeah. So before we get into um, talking about the the nuts and bolts of preaching, let's begin with our biblical theology or biblical mandate for preaching. Uh, What would you say that is, John? Well, I just think just clearly you see it in the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. right? The Holy Spirit comes down and immediately there begins to be a proclamation Mm -hmm. of the gospel and people responding to that proclamation and conversions being seen. Right. So we in the early church, obviously, preaching the gospel was a was a vital part of its functioning. Right. Uh, and I, I would go a step further to uh, to, to look at the uh, the underlying words for preaching in Acts, mm-hmm. and one of them is proclamation, right. uh, heralding the message. Yeah. Um, there's so much uh, biblical theology that goes into that that idea of a herald. Mm. Uh, you know, a herald doesn't come up with his own message. Right. Uh, a herald proclaims that the king has won, the mm. kingdom is coming, mm-hmm. and that is our uh, our object week in and week out. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, it, it is a great honor and privilege mm. to be able to herald this message. And, and I think that's part of the encouragement for us, uh, as we'll talk a little bit more as we continue to move forward. But the thing that motivates us, I think, every week is it's a great responsibility that we've been given, Mm -hmm. but it's an even greater message that we have to give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if we're going to talk about the, uh, the heralding of a message or the proclaiming of the message, if this is, um, uh, if this is the message from the God who speaks, Mm -hmm. if this is the Holy one of Israel who speaks to us, who reveals to us, 
we should not take it lightly, correct? Yeah, absolutely. But God also has gifted us with uh, different unique attributes, uh, unique abilities. And in one of my favorite uh, definitions of preaching is from uh, Phillips Brooks, uh, and he mentions that preaching is God's truth through personality. Mm. Uh, and I think that's a, a key uh, distinctive for us. Yeah, because all of us bring different personality traits into the conversation and uh, even preaching styles. That's right. So we're John and I have two different preaching styles. We do. Um, we're not the same. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. He's not. So uh, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an area of contention. That's right. But we're going right. to be nice to each other. We've already determined. That's right. My mama thinks I'm a better preacher than John <laughs> is. So, uh, uh, But what are some sermon styles? So, yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's difficult to even have this conversation because... The definitions of words are are so will trip right. you up, yeah. and and so we even need to be careful on how we define things because the people who are listening to this podcast may not define textual, expository, mm-hmm. narrative, conversational. Those are some some ways you can preach and. And people will not define those the same way, so we really kind of have to be careful with it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, some people, when they hear expository preaching, uh, they view that as more of a lecture commentary style, yeah. uh, whereas I would say that's not true expository preaching. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and of course, we, we've, we're, we've seen other definitions, you know, just recently Christ-centered preaching right. has been a, a, a term. And uh, this textual even, preaching, yeah. I think, is a... Is a Maybe not a new term, but it's a it's a it's a newly minted <laughs> minted word. Maybe yeah. I don't know. And so, uh, and you know, some people would even say, I'll go forward that when we say conversational preaching and narrative preaching, some would say that is not preaching, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you kind of have to be careful with how we use our terms. Yeah. To me, this is this is how I define my preaching. It is centered on the word with Jesus as the goal. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean this the center of the conversation is the word of God. It's right. not my life, it's not uh any story or narrative outside right. of the narrative of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's centered on the word of God and then communicated to the people in the pew. Right. Communicated and applied, I would say. Applied. And, yeah. and and ultimately we believe that and I would my definition would be very similar. And I, I tell my people all the time, um there is no divine promise attached to my application. Yeah. There's no divine promise attached to my stories. Mm-hmm. There, there's no mm-hmm. divine promise attached to anything that we do, but there is a divine promise attached to the word of God. We know yeah. that it won't return void and it will accomplish the purpose for which God sent it. Yeah. And so we powerfully stand upon that word. And my goal is to communicate that word in the best way to apply it to the lives of the people in the yeah. best way and trust God to see fruit from that. Sure. And I think if you look in the historical ideas of preaching it it was word centered right. and again and again Jesus centered. Okay. One of my favorite stories of preaching and and Charles Spurgeon is he tells the story of a young pastor who was preaching and uh, he walks to an older pastor who is also there present. He asked the older pastor, "What do you think of my what did you think of my sermon?" And uh, the older pastor didn't really want to respond because he didn't want to hurt the feelings of the right. young pastor. <laughs> but, but eventually he he says, "Did you like my Did you like my sermon?" And the old pastor says, "No." <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, "Why?" And basically Spurgeon says, "Because Christ wasn't in it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know." And uh, and so I think that has to be no matter if we're preaching Genesis three, right? 
which is what I've been preaching lately, you have to point to Jesus. Yeah. There's a road to Christ right. in all of our preaching. Mm-hmm. And if we stand in the pulpit and fail to do that, mm-hmm. communicate yeah. the word with Jesus as its center, then then I'm not so sure we're preaching. Right. And that's, you know, uh, one of my favorite Martin Luther quotes is uh, someone asked him toward the end of his life, uh, what? how did he begin the Reformation? And he mm-hmm. said... Yeah, man, I didn't do anything. This is me translating for you. Uh, <laughs> Luther said, we didn't do anything. He said, uh, Philip, uh, Melanchthon, and I, we sat back and drank beer, and the Word did its work in Germany, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. love that mindset of the Word did the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how, you know, we've got, to, we've got to stand in the pulpit with our own personalities, declare the message, but the message has to clearly be the Word That's right. and uh, the message of Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, John, what does your work week look like? How do you how do you prepare for Sunday? Because, as we've been told, Sunday's, Sunday's coming. coming. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, we didn't plan that. No, we didn't. I, I have it's masterful uh, though. I'm I'm not so much uh, every every week same thing kind of guy. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I can't tell you Monday morning at nine o'clock is sermon prep mm-hmm. number one. Okay, know? but I just kind of I spend my time during the week. I, I do say. The first thing that we have to do in our sermon prep is, uh, of course, understand and discern what it is that God wants us to preach, yeah. right? Um, and, and you know, through prayer and uh, through the preparation, I want to have my sermon outlined uh, no later than Thursday mm-hmm. and then fleshed out, of course, by the time I leave on Friday. Yeah. So that's good. That's what you were asking. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm mine's similar to that. Um, Monday is uh, kind of my Sabbath day, Mm -hmm. day off with the family. And so uh, Tuesday uh, by Wednesday, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have hopefully on a perfect week, Wednesday, I will have my outline done. And one of the things that I try to do is present to my deacons an outline of my sermon Mm. for accountability purposes Mm -hmm. to make Mm -hmm. sure that I'm ahead of the game and I'm not waiting till Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and uh, I tell them, you can throw this sheet of paper away if you want to, but yeah. uh, this is for me. And so uh, Wednesday, I have an outline for them. Uh, Thursday, I do the bulk of my study on the text. Right. So I consult the commentaries. I, I mm-hmm. do some highlighting, some note-taking. Um, Friday, I will write the sermon and hopefully manuscript it. Yeah. Saturday, I'll maybe read through the manuscript on a perfect uh, on a perfect yeah. uh, week, yeah. and then Sunday I will uh, preach without notes. So that's yeah. kind of my uh, perfect week, right? I, I I think it's something good that you've just said. I didn't know you did that, but presenting that sermon outline on Wednesday to someone else really does hold you accountable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the reason mine is done on Thursday morning is because our secretary works Monday through Thursday, yeah, and the worship guide has to be done on Thursday, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. includes my outline. It's go. not necessary that it's in there but honestly it's a it's an accountability thing for me so uh you know and that's kind of our time our time frame but if you had to if you had to say this is the process right of sermon preparation what mm-hmm. what what would you say is the process yeah where do you begin so um i begin uh with the text uh, i think if you read any preaching book any sermon prep book uh, it will tell you uh, to begin uh, with prayer in the text. Right. So I try to pray through the text. I try to read the text multiple times. Mm-hmm. I try to discern the main point of the text. Right. Um, I, I love my my old preaching professor used to say, it doesn't matter how Bible many College? points. He was at Bible College. <laughs> um, he used to say, it doesn't matter how many points your servant has as long as it has at least one point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So I try to figure out what the point of the sermon is, and then I try to just uh, discern uh, just some natural breakdowns of this to, yeah. to get some some points. Uh, so that usually leads to the outline. And then, uh, like I said, I, I have a, a, a book that I'll uh, go through and, and I'll highlight in several commentaries that I'm, that I'm mm-hmm. uh, thinking, write those quotes or whatever. Uh, and then I will I will draw from them as I'm as I'm writing the manuscript. So so prayer, the text, yeah, the discerned outline, mm-hmm. then commentary, then commentaries. Yeah, uh, and and I pace a lot when I'm doing this, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I can't sit still. Yeah, and two, it helps me to to think. So after commentaries, you've got the outline. You begin to put some flesh on those bones. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you you do a you do a detailed outline, I assume, following that, and then manuscript. Or do you go straight from that? Uh, I really go straight from the outline to the manuscript. To the manuscript. Yeah. Uh, and really, the reason why is because I usually have a, a piece of notebook paper, and I, I will just uh, take the thoughts that I have from the commentary, write them either in my own words or um, even bringing over direct quotes, yeah. uh, even thoughts that I've had in there. I'll write them on a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and then as i'm preaching through the text or uh, to myself right. writing it out right i'll have a, a, a pen and i'll check off things that i've mentioned mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and some some stuff doesn't get into the sermon some does yeah. you yeah. know how that goes yeah I, I i think it's interesting though because you are a millennial uh yes you are mm-hmm. and uh you're talking about you're talking about reading commentaries from yeah. your shelf mm-hmm. yeah using a pencil and a legal pad that's right mm-hmm. you are yeah and you're talking about writing out, really writing out these things, That's right. right? Mm-hmm. So it's funny because I'm just on the edge of that millennial thing. That's right. You're so. you're a true millennial, whereas <laughs> I'm more of the anti-millennial. Well, no, I think I think just think it's interesting that we're still using we're still using paper and pencil. That has nothing to do with, really with sermon prep, but I, I just think it's interesting. For me, there's an incarnational approach to these hands-on things uh, yeah. that I don't. I'm not prepared to let loose of. <laughs> Uh, now, when I write, you're my, making that way no, no, more spiritual. I, I am. I, I hope. I hope you feel bad about it. Uh, but when I'm when I'm writing my manuscript, I do type that up. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's where I move toward that. But so I, do you have enough ribbons? So when you run out of man ribbon I, on that yeah, typewriter, right. I have got to have I have got to have a book in my hand. I, I've got I'm to with feel you. it. I've got to smell it. Right? I do have Lagos got on my computer the page <laughs> and. Uh, but I still am very dependent on those paper yeah. things. So, mm-hmm. it, but my 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 strategy or process is is basically the same thing. I always begin with with prayer, and mm-hmm. I appreciate a Spurgeon quote that I read this week said, uh, "I would rather have one prayer than ten preachers." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty powerful. Yeah. So that that's of course step number one, and trying to discern those things, the word. Uh, and several different versions of the word. Yeah. All right. Translations. And, and, and to, I think I meant, I meant to mention, but usually on Tuesdays I try to do some translation. Yeah. Work. Language and, is important. And dealing with the original language. Yeah. Let's not gloss over that. Right, That's right. important. It is. And then from the language to an outline and then from the outline yeah. to other people mm-hmm. and then from other people then to a, I do a detailed outline. Yeah. I'm not a manuscript, I'm mm-hmm. a, but it's a very detailed outline. Right. Just, it wouldn't take much more for me to do a manuscript, uh, but I do a detailed outline. But And that just proves, I think, that we're all different. Basically, we have the same process, right. mm-hmm. but we're all going to get to the end point in a, in a different in a different time, I think. Yeah. Well, notes in the pulpit, yay or nay? Yes. See, I'm opposite. Well, I used to uh, move a lot. Mm-hmm. I used to jump around and all that stuff. Oh, not, not one really. of those preachers, huh? <laughs> Not really, but I did move a lot. I don't—my iPad died on me mm. a few Sundays ago. Yeah. 
and I knew the sermon well enough to preach it without them. Yeah, so, so I know it well enough to do it without it, but right. I don't get up there without them. And you're an iPad preacher. I am an iPad well, preacher. Well, this should not surprise our listeners that know John, <laughs> because that guy doesn't even have a pulpit. I, I did not some have sort a of writing desk. It's not <laughs> yeah. a pulpit. Whatever. Okay, so I use an iPad, and it went out. I know it well enough mm-hmm. that I can preach it without right. notes. Mm-hmm. I, this would probably, I don't want to get into something, but I think I think movement distracts unless it's intentional. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I think that movement distracts unless it's intentional. And most preachers that I watch move unintentionally. Yeah. I don't want to sound like an expert because I'm not. Well, it sounds like I, to me. I, I just I just think movement distracts. So I've got I used to move, but now I stand behind my pulpit table pulpit. and uh, <laughs> and preach with See, my iPad. I think I think uh, movement is another tool that we can use to I engage people. said unless people. it's intentional. That's that's where I'm I'm going at. Um I am known for um my movement is more uh nervous energy sometimes yeah. than intentional. Um and so part of it is trying to be intentional with my mm. movement. Yeah, I, I have a a funny story. I used to move a lot and I, we have steps leading up to the pulpit and area at our church. No, but I would hang half of my feet mm-hmm. off that first step and yeah. kind of rock back yeah, and uh-huh. forth. And there was this little old lady in our church named Miss Ruth and it made her a nervous wreck. <laughs> like she was so worried. You are going, she would tell me, you are going to fall off that pulpit, you know? And so, uh, so eventually whenever, uh, whenever I stopped moving, she was grateful. That's so right. anyway, that's another one of those, that's another one of those you know, characteristic things. I'm not against you if you move. I'm just saying that it kind of needs to be intentional, uh, in your preaching right. is my opinion. So, you know, though, Ryan, there are some weeks that Monday comes, man, and, and our Tuesday for you comes, and and it can just be hard to move forward in your sermon prep, right? You know, and and uh, you know a lot. Of, I know we have this idea of pastors that they're always pushing out sermon material, right? But but there are times that it's hard. Mm-hmm. And do you ever hear those hit those roadblocks where yeah, you have a hard time uh, doing that weekly? Um, and what I find for me works the best sometimes to get up, to walk around, mm. uh, to clean my desk off <laughs> help sometimes it's, it's a big waste of time that I have to clean, yeah. but sometimes that helps. And another thing that I've shown, one of the most effective things to overcoming sermon block for me is to go back to the basics. Yeah. yeah. When John, are you ready for this? I'm ready. When I was in Bible college. <laughs> Um, we were taught. I hope you are counting how many times that's right. he says Bible uh, college. We're going to take a quiz at the end. Uh, we were taught a basic um, sermon prep uh, way to prepare sermons. Right, uh, right. Uh, method. That's it. And so uh, this is the Harold T. Bryson method. Mm-hmm. He was a teacher from New Orleans for years. Taught at Mississippi College for a little bit. Uh, and we were told this isn't the only way to do it, but this right. is a good way to do it. And right. it begins by saying, what is the essence of a text in a sentence? Mm-hmm. Past tense. Mm-hmm. What is the essence of a sermon in a sentence? Present tense. Yeah. What is the object of a sermon in a sentence? Yeah. Um, and then what is your posing, a probing question? And then what is your unifying word? And when mm. I get stuck, it helps me to go back and to say, what is the essence of a text in a yeah, sentence? Yeah, yeah, And really that clarifies things, brings it together. And, and often through that, that helps me get to the point. Yeah. Also, I, some of my best sermons have come to the point where I've done all that and I'm still blocked and I have to stop and say, Lord, I am useless <laughs> unless you give me a word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that, that that is often uh, where and, I get. And I, I'll echo some of those things. Uh, I get up and walk outside. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just getting out of the out of where I am, right. you know, and uh, is helpful. 
Now, I used a book. I'm going to call the author's name, and this may be wrong, but uh, I think his name was uh, Wayne McDill. Yeah, Wayne McDill. The 12 Essentials. Yeah. Is that right? Of preaching or mm-hmm. something like that. That's the that's the book that I used uh, in my preaching class. And, and, and again, going back to some of those step-by-step, 12 steps in order to get to a sermon, I think right. will help you because it helps you cut it down and— little nuggets That's in, right. instead of trying to look at this big responsibility you have right. to have to get it done. So breaking bird by it bird. down and getting outside just gets you some fresh air, you know? Yeah, I think so. Well, bum, bum, bum. That leads us to our uh, next. <laughs> we really need some uh, We need some music. topic. Yeah, we need some Ghost Riders in the Sky or something. <laughs> it is time for that segment that you know and you love. It is the Dead Man Talking segment. And uh, this week we have a uh, a specific dead man talking from the second Helvetic Confession of Faith uh, that <laughs> talks about preaching, and I, I think it's a good statement. Uh, the subtitle is, The Preaching of the Word of God is the Word of God. Mm. The statement says, Wherefore, when this Word of God is now preached in the church by preachers lawfully called, we believe that the very Word of God is proclaimed and received by the faithful, and that neither any other word of God is to be invented nor is to be expected from the heavens. Mm. And that now, the word itself which is preached, is to be regarded not the minister that preaches, for even if he be evil and a sinner, nevertheless the word of God remains still true and good. Man, that's a burden right there. The word of God is the preached word. That idea in itself is a whole podcast. Yeah, it is. It is. And and some probably would disagree with that statement right Uh, and i think it's helpful to clarify that statement with it is the word that is power not the preacher itself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right even if the i love how it says even if the preacher be a sinner like that's a like that may happen (laughs) you know if right um we have to maybe happening at midway that's right we at the imperfect church podcast (laughs) we'll go ahead and tell you that when the preacher is a sinner uh, the word of god remains true yeah and that that should change how we preach, and how we listen to sermons. Yeah, it should. But you know what it also should do? It should give you confidence. Confidence. Mm-hmm. That I don't I don't have to go into the pulpit and be creative yep. in the sense that I don't have to be funny. Yep. I don't have to come up with some great illustration that, uh, you know, just everyone is, is dying to hear. I just can go up there with the power of the Word. Yeah. And declare it, and as it comes from my lips, it's just as powerful. It is the, it is the power of the Word of God that is preached, and then by the Holy Spirit yep. uh, that, that it brings growth. And, yep. and those yep. two things bring the most confidence. Uh, what age were you when you preached your first sermon, John? Oh, I was probably 21. 20, so, I, you know, I came in, uh, preached, 22. began preaching began preaching on a regular basis uh, at around t- 21. Yeah. Um, and man, I'm a 21 year old. I'm standing before saints who have walked with the Lord for 20, 30, even man, 40 yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the first things that I said is, I have nothing to tell you of myself. Yeah. yeah. But here is the word of God. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I had no kids. I couldn't tell you how to become a better parent by experience. <laughs> All right. I could say was, this is what the word of God says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've stayed by that since. Well, and that dependence is so necessary. I, I, I was reading a Timothy Keller book on preaching this week, too, that said that the difference between a bad sermon and a good sermon is the responsibility of the preacher, mm. right? So we, we should be preaching good sermons. But Keller goes on to say that the difference between good preaching and great preaching lies mainly in the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So we have to be dependent upon that right. spirit. That spirit. It's not on our own uh, abilities or creativity. It's on that spoken word. That's right. Mm. So, so here leads to the question, 
to entertain or not to entertain. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm curious. Do you do you use a lot of illustrations? I e- use extra biblical illustrations. Um, I'll say that. No, not a lot of extra biblical illustrations. Okay. I try to use illustrations, and I try to use extra biblical illustrations. I try to apply. Um, I use a lot of personal stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I say a lot. When, when I illustrate, I use personal stories usually. I, I use um, things I've heard from newspapers, mm-hmm. local news, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and I try to apply it in that way. Um, but but the preacher stories, I'm, yeah. I'm wary of because I am a millennial, and I grew up hearing them and right, thinking right. that's not a true story. So you say personal stories. So yeah. when you're talking about personal stories – how many times in the last two months have you used your wife or your son as an illustration? I try not to use them a lot. You didn't um, answer my question. I, I try not to use them a lot. <laughs> I would say in the past month, so that is um, this summer. Three, Just say this summer. three sermons or this summer. Okay, that's six, four or five summers, something like that. We've been out a lot. Um, I've probably used both of them four or five times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not one a sermon, but... Um, you, you know, I... I don't use a lot of I don't use a lot of sermon illustrations, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's because I'm not smart enough. My life is not interesting enough. Yeah, well, I right? believe that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't spend a lot of time I don't spend a lot of time looking for sermon illustrations, yeah. and so I don't I don't use a lot of sermon illustrations, and and I, I know I probably should for application purposes, right. maybe mm-hmm. especially, uh, but you know I. I have this friend, Gary Pimenter. A lot of people know Gary in our state. And so uh, Gary likes to talk about Tony Evans because Tony Evans is a tremendous illustrator. Right. Right. Uh And Tony Evans will use an illustration. He'll say something like, well, well, imagine if. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you were sitting down with Ryan Reed. Yeah. You know, it's imagine if. So it's like you don't have to have a story for every sermon right right i mean he, he's not he's not lying because uh, you know that's so, that's where i think we ought to be clear when we tell preacher stories it's okay to tell preacher stories that's right but don't pass them off as truth right so if so you this, don't think they are so this imagine if right you know is is an amazing way to tell an illustration yeah. and and he is a great if you're looking for illustrations and how to do them well i think you can look to tony evans yeah because he does it well uh, but again, it's, I told, I said, my life is not that interesting, but you still can tell illustrations by using that, that little phrase. Right. That, and again, that Gary Pimenter, who's an amazing communicator, he often reminds me of that truth. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, what is the uh, end goal of preaching, John? Ultimately, I think it is that application and inside of that application, the ultimate goal is calling men and women to the cross. Okay. You know, we, we want to see people saved every Sunday because there are lost people in our congregations, right. uh, but also we want them to have biblical application. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll be honest with you, Ryan, this is the area where I struggle the greatest. Mm-hmm. Getting getting to the point of application, the call to respond right. is an area where I really, I really struggle. I have to spend a great deal of time mm-hmm. on my, in my sermon prep because this, it doesn't come naturally for right. me. So you you have that problem? Yeah, I think so. And and specifically when I think about sermon prep and sermon application, um, this is something that our podcast is mainly for pastors. Uh, we know that we have several that listen that aren't pastors. 
Uh, but as pastors, I think parishioners need to know that mm. your pastor thinks of you as he prepares his sermon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the word of the of God speaks to him, and he says this would be really great for John's life. Right, right. And and there is little more that's disheartening to show up ready to preach a word that you know is going to, uh, that is a message that someone needs to hear yeah. and they're not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but when I'm applying, I'm thinking, okay, how does this apply to the elementary school teacher? Right. How does right. this apply to the single mom? How does this apply yeah. uh, to the, uh, to the, to the grandparents, the empty nesters? How yeah. does this apply? Uh, and my thing is I want to think through those things and I don't, I don't do it well each week. I struggle with application as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think through them so that I can apply them well. You know, and going back to that sermon prep block, mm-hmm. some, something that I do from time to time is when I get to that point, I can't think about that application. Yeah. I'll walk into our sanctuary. Yeah. And as I walk into our sanctuary and I just kind of like walking around the walls of Jericho, right? right? Just walking around, praying, sitting in seats and praying, then then God helps me often to see what the sermon needs to be about concerning. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes that application as well, just kind of visualizing who who's there what's the message and discerning what god has for me to give to them uh concerning uh coming up on the next sunday standing in the pulpit area right turning around looking in the choir loft i know this may sound super spiritual for people but I, i think i think putting yourself in that place uh really does help you it helps get rid of that block but also see people's faces right and and see the end goal right right and i think too we need to tell people I think we need to tell people what we're going to tell them, what we're going to expect out of them. Right. And then at the end, tell them what we told them. Mm-hmm. And again, what we expect out of them. What, yeah. what is what is the response that we're calling yeah. for? And and again, that, that can be hard. That's why I think we constantly need to be doing evaluation of our own sermons. Yeah. You know, who, are you doing application well? Are you doing the sermon preparation? Enough of it. You right. Know? So evaluation of your sermon is something we all need to be practicing. It's very uncomfortable, but it's something we need to be doing. How do you evaluate? Do you evaluate in your I, sermon? I do a little bit. Um, I, I know personally myself, I'm able to evaluate. I ask my wife to evaluate <laughs> for me. Uh, do you have to ask? I do, actually. My wife <laughs> yeah, is not too. not very... Uh, not very critical, uh, and part of it either. is at, at, in the season of life. She's wrestling a two-year-old during my yeah, sermon, yeah, and so yeah. she'll tell me it was good, but I really well. My wife thinks that I'm the greatest preacher of all times. So, yeah, I wonder so, if she and can I get think together that, with my wife, and they, <laughs> I think that's the way that it ought to be. That's so. right. That's right. But you know, feedback usually is not going to come from our wives. Yeah. You do standing at the back of the pulpit get man I mean back at the sanctuary man that was a great sermon right That's you, right. you get some of that and I think you ought to appreciate that you don't discount to. it That's right right but but you also need to listen to those guys that are saying you know what were you talking That's about That's right and have people around oh, you yeah. will say that And I and I have a, a one of our deacons at our church um he has a a degree in teaching All right, uh, right. so uh, he he that was his professional career was teaching mm, and mm-hmm. communicating and he's yeah. a fantastic communicator that yeah. is his gift Yeah and so we uh, try to meet up once a week and That's and good. he's going to deal with specifically Secular communication. That's right. He, Learning not, styles. That's right. He's not dealing. He's not dealing with the my content as much. Uh-huh. Uh, we're able to discuss content a little bit yeah, and talk yeah. through that. But he's telling me, "Hey, you got to slow down. Yeah. Hey, you've got to remember that we are not intellectuals. Yeah. As much, you need to use smaller words. Mm-hmm, you need to mm-hmm. apply this, and, and it's super helpful for me. Yeah. And and I, we need to remember those learning styles that we all learned probably in seminary right. in our education classes. Uh, the, those are good to be reminded of. I'm going to ask you something 
that's the most difficult evaluation, in my opinion. Do you watch yourself preach? I do not because <laughs> we don't have any way oh, to that film is myself. You, all, you, okay, you need I to repent Sunday morning. We, I could get somebody to stand in the back with an iPhone. That's yeah, it. you just said there is no way. I mean, th- <laughs> we, we, we have a sound system, but this is how I record my sermons. I get my iPhone out and I yeah. hit record and put it on the pulpit. So do you listen? I try to. Yeah. So I, when I was a when I was a young minister associate pastor in a church, the pastor at that time was allowing me to preach a good bit, and he he forced me to watch myself. Mm-hmm. And this is why I realized I was walking without cause mm-hmm. because I watched myself, and even yeah. still to this to this day, I force myself to watch sermons, and I hear things that I say. I say I say you know things a lot in conversations even, right. but also from the pulpit. Yeah, I'd have to work on that, being like, careful with my words. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think this podcast helps us to do the same thing. It uh, does on, on a different scale. And, and so you need to be evaluating your sermons. I know there are guys that have like secret sermon watchers, and, and hey, good that's for them. an idea. Yeah, right. If you're if you're going to allow people to be honest with you. But yeah. man, we all need to be striving to be better. Yeah. You and I are not perfect, right? We're That's not right. We great. are the imperfect church <laughs> yeah. podcast. We're we're not we're not obviously the greatest the greatest preachers and communicators in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh but we can get better. That's right. And we need to be striving to get better. I believe so. Yeah. Well, John, as we wrap up, uh tell me what are you reading? So, uh I'm reading Preaching for the rest of us. I bought myself a copy. Okay. So I'm gonna. I haven't actually gotten into it, but I, I bought it yesterday. Okay. I'm still in the faith, the shape of faith to come. I think I mentioned that the last time we were on podcast by Wagner. It's hmm. a it's a discipleship survey that Lifeway Research did. Okay. And it's kind of the results of uh, that. And I'm also in Habits of Grace. Okay. Yeah. That, that David Mathis. Yeah. So that's where I am. What about you? Well, I just finished up. Um, uh, Rosaria Butterfield's The Gospel Comes with a House Key yes, with our did. learning group today. Yes, she did. Um, and then I am reading Roel Dahl's The Witches, which is a kid's uh, novel. I love Roel Dahl. That guy is just delightful. Um, <laughs> and then I'm reading Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Points. Oh, man, good stuff. He uh, he has a podcast. Uh, it's not yes, as famous as our podcast. Yeah, but, it's um, awesome. But, man, Blink, Tipping Point, I, David and Goliath. Yeah, I read one of those, not those. Uh, what's the other one he has? Something about dog. No, that's not it. Oh, he's anyway. Those those are all yeah. good. outliers. Outliers. Outliers that's is good yeah. too. So, uh, hey, we I didn't uh, we didn't talk about this, but we asked people last week to give us what they were reading. Yeah, uh-huh. I wrote some of them down. Okay. So, uh, so we had everybody always by Bob Goff. You ever uh-huh. read anything by Bob? No, Goff? I have not. No. But this guy was like anything by yeah, Bob Goff. Yeah. Several people said anything by so and so people yeah. I hadn't heard of. So, A Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. See, that looked interesting. I've never heard of it. I don't know what it's about. No. Well, a youth minister put that on there, so oh, it's questionable. Okay. We you know, love no. youth ministers, John. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also we have uh From Heaven He Came and Sought Her. Yeah. By, it's edited by David and Jonathan Gibson. Gibson. So those are those are three books that I wrote down. There may have been others that were shared, but yeah. those are the three books that I wrote down that other people are reading. And we appreciate that because it it helps us to see that pastors are learners, yes, right? right? They're trying to they're trying to stretch themselves, and that's a good that's, that's a good, good thing. Stuff. 
Well, so, speaking of reading and stretching ourselves, uh, we are stretching yeah. our time pretty thin here, but uh, we don't want to yeah. end without saying two things. First, I want to say that every one of our episodes has been listened by somebody in the Bronx, New York. No clue who you are. <laughs> We've got to know. Let that. us know. It's driving me crazy. Is there like a <laughs> is there a Bronx Donnie out there that's listening to us? We want to know. So just tweet at us. Let us know. Uh, who are you? And then John, what do you have for us? Yeah. So we have a book to give away today. Uh, we're talking about preaching, and uh, we're going to give away Preaching for the Rest of Us, mm. Essentials for Text-Driven Preaching, which goes another one of those terms, Text-Driven right. Preaching. Uh, it's by Robbie Gallaty mm-hmm. and Stephen Smith, and so we have a copy of this that we're going to give away, and you're going to tell them how they can win it. I'll tell you what you got to do. What you All gotta you got to do is head over to our Twitter page at twitter.com and retweet our tweet. There you go. That's retweet it. the tweet with this book in with it. With the book in it. That's All right. correct. All right. I'll that put sounds... a picture of the book. We'll retweet that tweet. Be entered to win. All right. That sounds uh that sounds good to me. And I promise you, when we give it away, I will mail it the day we give it away. That's right. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me, John. Even if it's in the Bronx. Even if it's in the Bronx. I we'll, hope Bronx we'll Donnie to... wins it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This has been fun as always. That's right, and we uh, want to uh, remind you that if you enjoy our podcast, please like, rate, review us on iTunes, share us on your social media, share us with a friend or a pastor that you think would be, uh, uh, you know, that you hate and want to walk <laughs> to through endure. this, have to endure this. So, um, hey, there's worse content. There's worse apparently. content. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's by Ryan as a loser. So, uh, but but we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember, one day she will be perfected in glory.